This is the MoveChannel.com's Property Inspector, taking a closer look at global real estate each month. As Halloween arrives once again, scary movies and spooky reality TV shows are everywhere. You hear that bump in the night or feel that cold shiver in your living room, and it's even easier to think that maybe your house has a ghost. A haunting can make a big difference to a house. If you're selling a home, you'll probably have to lower the price to find a buyer. If you're a buyer, you may be excited about the investment potential of a bed and breakfast with added tourist pill, or maybe you're just living in the home and you want to be able to sleep at night. But what are the signs that there really is a presence on your property? I tracked down Lloyd Auerbach, Director of the Office of Paranormal Investigations in California, to find out how to tell if your house is haunted. Lloyd, thanks for joining me. We'll start with the big impossible question. How do you tell if your house is haunted? Yeah, you know, that's a, it's a really tough question. On the one hand, people make assumptions that their house is haunted because they've, they've just seen a spooky movie or watched some paranormal TV shows and all of a sudden they hear a noise that they probably didn't notice before. Um, and they make the assumption. But, I mean, realistically, it should be either repetitive, something fairly repetitive in terms of not noises, but noises, uh, if there are sounds, they should be voices, there should be sounds of people rattling pots and pans, for example, footsteps. Uh, usually we're talking about a real strong sense of presence, and it's, it's more than just one person in the household. Usually more than one person has the experience as well. You might see someone as well. Uh, so you have to kind of look for the patterns of things. There are often rational explanations to these things, aren't there? I hear bumps in the night, and I know it's definitely mice. Uh, is it about almost keeping a closed mind? Really... The first step is to assume that your house isn't haunted and to look for normal explanations for every little thing that you think might be strange. People make uh, even very, very bizarre conclusions about the simplest, simplest explanation type effects. And it's understandable. I mean, people are often on, emotionally on edge for whatever reason, and especially if they've been watching these, sh these shows that tell them that this stuff is evil, and it's not. I mean, it's not bad at all. That's the thing is that they're making these conclusions based on a little bit of fear reaction to what they've been seeing on TV or in movies. How many of the stereotypical symptoms we know from movies and TVs are real? I mean, for example, what about rooms getting cold? Uh, honestly, if it's the room getting unusually cold, then that is a, a complete stereotype and incorrect. I'd be looking for a normal explanation on that more than anything else. You know, the fact is that over the years, it's been not a part of haunted houses for, for cold spots, even for ghostly experiences, you don't have cold spots, physically manifesting cold spots that everybody experiences. Now, you may feel cold if you're sensing a presence or see a ghost because you get that cold chill up the, the back of your neck, mm -hmm. but measurable cold, there's a physical explanation for that, not a paranormal one. The, uh, the, the noises, you know, if it's, if it's clearly footsteps, it's one thing, but you also have to be careful. I've had cases where people heard footsteps from their attics or upstairs, and it turned out to be acoustical. In other words, the, the setup of the floor or the room itself seemed to magnify very, very simple um, noises. In fact, I had one years ago where it was a rough-hewn attic floor, and it was a squirrel pushing nuts across the floor that caused the people down below to think there were footsteps there. Yeah, yeah, there's a house I worked on down in Southern California that uh, had, it was on the edge of a, a forest, and it had some, basically had some rats that could come in, and because, again, because of the acoustics, mm. as that, the rats were moving around, there was some amplification of the sound, and it sounded, you know, pretty ghostly, I guess. You mentioned multiple witnesses. If you're convinced it's something genuine, is it important to find other people to back up your experience? That's part of 
part of it, and the other part is, is again, looking for normal explanations. It's what we do in investigations. We look for the normal explanations, not just for the overall case. I mean, we have plenty of cases where there's something going on, or at least it seems there's something going on that we would call paranormal, whether it's uh, an imprint of a past event, which is most of what haunted houses are, or an actual person, an entity that's there. But we find that even in the best cases, people have misinterpreted other occurrences around, you know, branches from a tree hitting the house, as the wind, uh, wind rattling through acoustical issues, all those things kind of add to the story, and you have to kind of separate them out and figure out what the core of the story and whether there's anything really there. Do you have a rough idea of how many cases you've had that do turn out to be a genuine haunted? Uh, I don't have any rough number. I can tell you that uh, even on the phone, I can usually work with people. Uh, you know, most people have either contacted these days have contacted other groups. Okay. We don't get as many calls as we used to. But it used to be that probably 20% right off the bat we can figure out, uh, even over the phone. And then when I go out, there's another probably, you know, 25% of those cases, maybe even 50% of the cases that have really good explanations, understandable explanations, if we've even gotten that far with them. Uh, you mentioned calls going down. Is that because there are more groups out there? Yeah, the, the calls have gone down for, for me and for some of my colleagues because people don't seek out parapsychologists anymore. They seek out ghost hunters, and there are so many local groups all over the place that it's not that hard to, you know, throw a rock and hit one. <laughs> you know, if you contact a ghost hunting group, it's probably more likely, given the fact that most of them tend to follow the methods that they see on TV, uh, it's more likely you're going to be told you have a ghost in your house than you're going to be told that there's an explanation, because unfortunately, most of them don't look for alternative explanations as soon as they find something. So again, we have these cases where there might be a real ghost, but all this other phenomena that is scary, it's actually the stuff that's, that they're misinterpreting that scares them more than the actual ghost a lot of time. And as soon as the groups tend to find something that seems to be paranormal, they stop looking for normal explanations for everything else. So it's, it's a real problem. And the other problem is that most of the time they're going to simply come in and tell you, yes, you have something, or no, you don't have something, and then they're going to leave. So they're not going to help you with anything, either in understanding the phenomena, dealing with the phenomena, or anything else. There are, there are exceptions, of course, but that's pretty rare. One thing that seems to be closely connected to haunted houses are deaths on a property. Uh, there are very disclosure laws in different U.S. states that say whether a homeowner has to actually declare them. You know, one of the things about death in the house has to do with certain uh, populations here in, in, the, in California, for example, we have a high Asian population, and there are belief systems about living in a place where a death has occurred in, in recent times. It's not so much about spirits, just, you know, it's a bad bad thing generally. So the other side of this coin, however, is that ghosts don't usually necess or don't necessarily go to where they died. They go to where they lived. So yeah, sure, if somebody died in their house, that's possibly where they're going to hang around. But if they died in a car accident, they still might come back to the house. Or they may go to their local bar where they used to hang out all the time. There are some people, of course, who like ghosts, um, perhaps for their investment potential by turning a home into a bed and breakfast. Well, I, th I think in the UK, folks have a much better tradition of dealing with ghosts. And I know that some of my colleagues over the years uh, with the Society for Psychical Research have told me that a lot of people like having ghosts in their homes, especially if it's an older home. They like that kind of history part of it. So we do have people uh, with a bed and breakfast. We have a lot of other people who just don't mind at all. And, and as far as that, you know, we have, again, we have this... Uh, demarcation between an actual ghost and what we call hauntings or residual hauntings or imprints. And a lot of the second category is about who lived in the house before. 
even if they're still alive. It really is more about the living leaving these impressions behind. And it can be something as simple as the couple previously continuously just were fighting with each other. Uh, So they left their emotion behind the house. You walk in the house, you feel it's, it's bad. It just feels like people were fighting there. And that's a haunting. It's still the same kind of thing as, as, as if you heard footsteps. Can you give me an example of a case that was a genuine haunting? We've had a number of cases over the years where there's been a presence in people's homes. Usually we try to um, help, the, help, help the folks out of there. Uh, but I had one case where the family moved into the house and four, four members of the family, all four members of the family had been seeing this woman's ghost. It turned out to be the woman who used to live there. Uh, she had died in a hospital, not in the house, but she had been born in this house and lived there all her life. And about a year and a half into the cases, when they called me, when their 12-and-a-half-year-old son said, um, kind of confronted the mother and said, I, you know, we know, I know you're, you're seeing the ghost, Mom, and the ghost told me that you are. And it turned out he had been talking to her on a daily basis. And this turned out to be actually a very positive experience for the family. They, they all talked about it. The boy had a lot of information for us about the woman's life. In fact, we had to track down only living relative to verify the information uh, and it was verifiable and he you know continued to speak with her and have communication with her throughout his teenage years and uh, even after he left the house he would come back and you know, went for college he'd come back and still see the ghost the ghost was perfectly welcome in the home as far as i know the last time i talked to his to the mother she was living there about this is about six years ago or so she was still there she'd gotten a divorce but she was still in the house with the ghost it's a good example because we think that ghosts are evil, but I suppose not all ghosts are bad. When you have actual ghosts, they're actual what we call apparitions. Uh, most of those people have an attachment to the house, and it's, it's you know they love the place. They, that's where their life was, and usually uh, they're they're not going to try to kick you out or scare you or anything like that. Because most people don't do that. Most people are nice people uh, or basically <laughs> basically neutral. Let's say that they're not bad people. What other tips would you offer to people who think their house may be haunted? Uh, you know, I think when people go into a house uh, or buy a house and they're concerned that it's haunted or have been told that the house is haunted, the first thing, if, if, the, if they say the house is haunted or they've disclosed that, is to find out what it was or what's the phenomena. You know, what are people reporting? Because it may be something very innocuous, and it may just be that uh, there is a normal explanation that the, the couple that is selling you the house didn't, didn't think to look for. So hopefully as part of your inspection, you can kind of find that out as well, look for those kind of explanations, if you really want the house. I think it's a little bit harder if you, when people walk into homes and they get that emotional reaction, the visceral reaction, like this doesn't feel good and I don't want to live here. And that is, again, that emotional kind of haunting, that imprint, that can be dealt with if you really, really like the house. Otherwise, just by having people come in and have a really nice party and put some really good emotion in the house. Uh, in your example earlier, you said the boy in the family was talking to the ghost. Is communication uh, an effective solution for haunting? Having direct communication with someone is the best way to, to deal with the phenomena. You know, one of the things that we've done, is, it's kind of silly in some respects, but you have the people communicate. Basically, if, if you're seeing a ghost, I would ask you to talk to the ghost. I mean, I do work with psychics, but it actually is better to bring the, the witnesses, the people are having the experiences, if you can get them past their fear, have them talk to the ghost and find out what the ghost needs and, and it really is about what they need or what they want and if they di- are not ready to move on you know because there's that idea of sending them into the light that you see on TV all the time but if they're not ready then you can offer them other suggestions we've done that we had a case actually with the former owner in the home and he was actually splitting his time interestingly enough between the house that he built where he did die 
and where his widow had moved uh, a few towns away. She was seeing him there, so he was going back and forth, apparently. So we made this, we had a psychic, actually, uh, with the witnesses there ask, uh, was there any place when you were alive you wanted to go that you never got a chance to go? And there was this response which the psychic was kind of perplexed by, that the guy wanted to go on, always wanted to go on safari in Africa when he was alive, and we said, why don't you go on safari? A lion can't hurt you anymore. And the family never had an experience with him again. We don't know if it was just a suggestion he could leave or that he actually went to Africa. We have no idea because he never came back. But it did resolve the situation. And I really hope he went to Africa. I hope so, too. I mean, he could have moved on. I did talk to his wife, his widow, and she hadn't seen him either. So I'm guessing that he either went on to the other side or found someplace else to go on. Lloyd, thank you very much. The property inspector will return next month. Until then, sleep tight.